Let's please move forward. Come close together, inshallah. Brothers in the lobby also who are planning to attend. Come forward, inshallah, the brothers in the back of the masjid. Allah reward you for every step you take. Please come sit as close as possible. Sisters as well. <clears throat> please sit, inshallah, in the prayer hall as close as possible to one another. The way we perform our salah together, let us, inshallah, sit in the gathering of ilm and dhikr also. And let us renew our niyyah intention that we're here only to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that we're here as talibin, looking for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance, looking for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help in uh, guiding us towards what's right in all the various issues that all of us are going through in our daily lives. We know that the solution only lies in the deen. And the solution only lies with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But for us to be able to pick up the mushaf and look for the solution which is already present there, that's where the tough part comes in. So our coming here inshallah is very well a possibility of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, deciding for us the best and allowing us to find the solutions to our issues inshallah in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we listen, we should listen with the intention of practicing and whatever khair and good we hear and the intention of propagating it and we seek protection in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from making this ilm that we are sharing and listening as a proof against us and we ask Allah azza wa jalla that he makes it a proof for us on the day of judgment ameen rabbil alameen so there was one ayah I think that uh, was, was number 9 right so just to recap last week we started off from uh, the uh, ayat where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions actually reviewing the previous one as well but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the blessings that he was going to place upon Bani Israel and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, explained how this blessing came about to Bani Israel through uh, this beginning of one story. The beginning of the story of Fir'aun making a decision that the children would be killed. And how that decision ended up becoming a means of some unbelievable khair coming out in this world. So this is how, how uh, we began last week. And inshallah, we'll reflect on a few words, a few points of, of, of the past few verses before we move on. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim rabbi shahli sadri wa sirli amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana Subhanak la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana wa zidna ilman wa amala Allahumma nawar qulubna bi ilmik wa istamil abdanana li ta'atik وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من قول والعمل والفعل والنية والهداء إنك على كل شيء قدير الله مفتحق فعل قلوبنا بذكرك وأتبم علينا نعمتك ورحمتك أمين رب العالمين Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in this verse we said last week that he brings in wahi the word wahi and he says we have revealed to Musa alayhi salam or rather the mother of Musa alayhi salam so this wahi is known as wahi ilham one is the wahi of irsal wahi of irsal is the wahi that is sent to a messenger wahi irsal is the one that is sent to the messengers to the prophets then there is a wahi of ilham which is an inspiration and this a non-prophet can receive as well and wahi ilham which a non-prophet receives 
a friend of Allah or anyone else for that matter, this is something that uh, a person may practice on it themselves. But you cannot force someone else to practice on it. You cannot say, I just received this wahi, because it's not wahi for others. You might share some advice with others, but you cannot make this binding upon others. Additionally, if a person feels an inspiration of some sort, he can follow that as long as it does not go against, directly go against a clear command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's a wahi tashri'ah that a prophet has said, hey, Allah has ordered five daily salah for you to pray. But a person says, I'm getting an inspiration that I only need to pray three from now on. So then there is a contradiction between this type of wahi and the other type of wahi. A wahi of ilham and a wahi of tashri'ah. So we're not going to allow, we're not allowed to follow this personal wahi or what we call tashri'ah, uh, ilhami wahi. We have to give preference to what the Prophet said. But no doubt there is something called wahi ilham. That's why you're seeing um, the mother of Musa was not a prophet. The mother of Musa was not a prophet. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used the word wahi for her. So people who are pious and righteous, they definitely can get inspired. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can guide them. And that is why the suhbah of the pious is one of the greatest things any one of us can be gifted with. One of the greatest things we can have is to have the companionship of pious people. Today in class we were studying the story of Salman al-Farsi radiallahu anhu. Right? I'm sure most of you have read it. If not, go ahead and read it on your own. But it's a story of him traveling from one place to the other, one place to the other, for tens of years, many, many decades, just trying to find a pious person to stay with. And, and he would stay there, and after he passed away, in his last moments, he would say, okay, you're dying, but where do I go next? You may pass on, but I'm alive. And as long as I'm alive, I need a pious person's company. This is why we've seen that Mashaikh, even if they were... Uh, even if they're students of a certain sheikh, when the sheikh would pass away, then they would immediately turn to another scholar who might have been many, many years junior to them. But they still would say, we are going to be your student in spirituality. But subhanAllah, you are my sheikh's age. You are 20 years older than me. It doesn't make a difference. It's not safe for me to not have someone, call, someone to call a teacher. This is something we would see all the time. That when the Shaykh passed away, I, I had my Islahi Ta'aluk Initiate Qari Amir al Hassan, Rahmatullahi Ali. And, uh, you know, subhanAllah, he, his, his, he was in his 90s. And when his Shaykh passed away, uh, he went one to the other from, you know, uh, multiple ulama, from, including Shaykh Zakir, Rahmatullahi Ali, and others. And at the very end, he went and spent time with uh, someone who was much junior to him, Hakim Kalimullah. He's still alive. And he spent time with him. And in, um, you know, in near Aligarh. So he would, he would spend time with him. And uh, I, his temperament was very, very different. Temperament was very different. But what, what is it? I, it doesn't make a difference if you're junior to me or you're different. The fact that I, I cannot say that I don't have a teacher. My teacher's dead and passed on. And now I'm teacherless. Being teacherless is making you vulnerable. Such an important point, my brothers. Such an important point that we have to always uh, find someone to be spiritually connected with. And there's no such thing as this, oh, the pious people are dead. And you're, you're alive, what do you call yourself, a fasik? <laughs> right? Alhamdulillah, if you're alive, alhamdulillah, there's other pious people around as well. That doesn't mean that there's no other pious people. But 
when a person makes himself mm, uh, feel that he's not in need of a sheikh or a scholar or a mentor, then it opens up a can of worms. I think I mentioned some months ago that on my trip to England this past summer, Alhamdulillah, right before I, I boarded the flight back, uh, just a half an hour before, it was very calling it short, very close, but someone told me there's a sheikh here, go visit him. So I had the opportunity to go visit Mulan Ismail Ghani and in London. And it was a beautiful you know, opportunity for me. His son opened up the door, I went all the way upstairs, I was sitting there, and um, just the, the appreciation and the love he, he granted me was, was very much moving, and he took my number, and um, I shared with him whatever little work, what's happening here at Darussalam, and asked him for his du'as, and asked him for his guidance, and so forth. And I said, I'm running to the airport, so you know, I need to get going. Gave me a few dates, few things to, you know, snacks, etc. And I said, I really need to go. So I barely made it, and honestly, barely made the flight. But then, thinking, I was like, SubhanAllah, you know, to meet a wali and a friend of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's, it's worth it. Lo and behold, SubhanAllah, about two months later, or six weeks later, I could not believe it. On the day of Jum'ah, I received a message, he passed away. When he was, didn't look sick at all when I met him. He was elderly, but didn't, nowhere near death. But on, on the Friday, he passed away. So I was very shell-shocked, appreciative that Allah gave me the opportunity to meet him. But I was shocked that, subhanAllah, how do you go away? So then when I inquired about him more, people said, subhanAllah, that Mawlana, although he was weak, he could not come down the stairs and go to the masjid on a regular basis because of his weakness. But uh, although he was very elderly and his, his own teachers had passed away, he made a point that he, he kept his, um, you know, what we call islahi ta'alluq, his relationship of spirituality connected with juniors. So Mawlana Salim from Leicester, he kept a relationship with him and whenever Mona Salim would come to uh, London uh, from Leicester he would make a point to go visit him and sit in his majlis, sit in his gathering someone who is far junior to him but he says, no I don't feel right that I do not have someone above me so the last Friday apparently that there was a Quran graduation, Mona Salim Sahib came Mona Ismail came as well and he attended the gathering although he was sick and then he said, Mona Natika inshallah you know, we'll, right? He said, we're going to meet you in Akhirah. And um, so Mawlana Salim apparently took notice of that. He's like, wow. He didn't say anything. Then he told his sons, Mawlana Ismail's sons, that you know, your father mentioned something today. If I, I would be very careful. Just, just be with him this whole week, extra careful. Because he said something which he never said before, that I'll see you in the Akhirah. And sure enough, by the next Friday, he had passed away. Right? Uh, so this is couple of things I want to point out here. One is the ilham. How does a person know? What is that? A person knows that my time is coming. Right? There's many, many awliya, many awliya till today, who a week before, a day before, they will actually take an effort to themselves take a bath. They'll say, we don't want to give the brothers who are doing the ghusl extra hard work. They have to do what they have to do, but we got to take our own bath. They take a bath. They will put the best clothes on. And I've, I know of certain individuals who actually ask for the very best of clothes, put on their itar, Put on, went out on, 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 on their, uh, took out their, what they call the cot, and in Urdu they say charpai, cot, put it outside in the street after Salat al Asr, and literally prepared themselves to go by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So saying their dhikr and kalima la ilaha illallah, lie down on their cot after Asr on Friday, before you know it, in a matter of minutes before Salat al Maghrib, they're gone. What is that? What's guiding them? It's that ilham. There are so many stories of, of people of this era, of this past century of this past, no not century not even this past decade, I'm talking about this past year what is that? that is called wahi ilham 
A second thing I wanted to share with you on this story is the fact the importance of always having someone above us. And this is where we make huge mistakes today in our society. Everyone is an expert in his field. Have you never heard anyone who's not an expert? Anyone who's world-renowned, most famous, most outstanding, number one in his class, best, longest in business, whatever. They'll just come up with all sorts of names. So there's no, there's no, one who, uh, there's no such thing as mediocrity. There's no such thing as maybe someone who's starting. Everyone is perfect. If everyone is perfect, then where, what happens? When you go, if you think of yourself as perfect, then the only way, the only next step is to go down. Right? When something becomes complete, then the only way forward is for it to start going down. So this is not, my beloved friends, the way we should live our life. We need to show a little bit of humility. Even in business, medicine, law, engineering, whatever you are in, I'm not talking about spirituality only. In whatever field you're in, if a person is always has a, always has a motivation to learn and ask questions, you will always be growing. And you'll always become better. And as soon as a person th- regards himself as a guru in that, and I don't need anyone else, then he will start making major mistakes. So this is wahi ilham, wahi tashri'i. And then you have uh, another one, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, mentions the wahi that he sent to the honeybee. Allah inspired the honeybee. Wahi, he gave wahi. Um, this is called wahi gariza. Gariza is nature. So this is the wahi of your nature. Allah inspiring the honeybee to act in a certain manner. Allah inspiring the ant to act in a certain manner. Allah inspiring anything and everything. This is also called wahi. Na- nature. That's the natural instinct. That's also a type of wahi. So, <clears throat> the saints, they do have, uh, the saints of Allah, awliya of Allah, they do receive uh, from time to time inspiration that a person can definitely benefit from. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do not be afraid. Right? We will bring him back to you and we'll make him amongst them. Two promises Allah made with her. I'm going to bring her back, bring him back to you safe. And it's not going to be just him bring, coming back to you safe. You are going to see that he's going to become a leader of the rest. He's going to become a prophet. Why, why is Allah telling her to, to be safe and sound, to feel safe and sound and not to be worried? Because obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with her. And I want to take a moment to reflect on this. The believer has something that a non-believer can never have. A mu'min has a gift that a non-mu'min can never have. That is the sense of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being with you. That is such a strong, powerful feeling and reality that it will assist a person to overcome everything. The most lowly moments in your life when you're absolutely alone and no one to support you, whether it's the story of Maryam, Alone, whether it's a story of Aisha radiallahu anha, alone, and whether it's a story of Asiya, three women and three sad, amazing stories of them being alone, and of course thousands of other women and thousands of other men, and many amongst here who are listening to us as well, you might feel lonely in your life. You might feel that you have hit rock bottom. You might feel that the whole world is against you. But honestly, the one who has faith in Allah subhanahu wa taala, Allahu akbar. He is able to handle anything that comes his way. And like we've been speaking for the past few weeks, reflections from Gaza can renew your, rejuvenate your iman.
reflections from Gaza can rejuvenate our belief in these, in these verses and can, are the, one of the best manifestations that we've ever seen of the feeling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help with them. Now you might say, you might, or a believer, weak believer like me say, may say, where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help? But Allahu Akbar, them, you don't hear them saying this. Where is Allah's help? Every single day, all the atrocities are only increasing in intensity. The death toll is only increasing. The genocide is only getting larger. And the news is only becoming more, more depressing and more frightening by the moment. But whatever does make it out over here, although there is such a strong effort to suppress every single new piece of news coming in from the, uh, uh, the ones who are being killed, but whatever news that does make out, we see that the hope and the faith and the conviction of the men and women and the children of Palestine it hasn't wavered. We have gotten tired of the news. Say, brother, I need to move on. I can't look at this. I can't handle this. Over there, they haven't got tired of shedding their blood. They haven't got tired of losing their innocent babies one after the other. Every single day, every single night, throughout the day, throughout the night. And what do we see in there? We see reflection upon reflection, manifestation of absolute valor and strength. Where is that coming from? Where is that coming from? That is from the ma'iyah of Allah that they feel. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with them. And this is what is just shocking. That a non-believer will never understand that. Maybe even some of us sitting here can't understand that. We say, wait, where's Allah, man? What's going on? It's been two months almost. Where is it? But you don't see that. Over there you'll just see everyone is just saying, expecting to join their relatives on the other end. Waiting like a person who has just boarded a bus and went to the other side. Says, okay, khalas, you win, now next is my turn. That's how they're waiting. Like, the, you know, the, the way grass is cut, weeds are cut off, subhanAllah, or roses are plucked would be a better word. That's exactly how their lives are being taken, one after the other. But this is faith which a non-believer can never understand. That gives you a strength like no other. And so, one is a general, general ma'iyah of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being with everyone. But then there is a specific ma'iyah of Allah, a specific assistance of Allah. Allah says, وَعَلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ Know very well that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with those who have taqwa. So if you have taqwa, you, ha- you have a degree of closeness with Allah that others don't have. In another place Allah says, sabirin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with those who are remain patient. Quickly, that is ayah 249 of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah speaks about uh, the, uh, the fight and the war between Talut and Jalut. And we know this story. Even the, the oppressors are quoting this story and applying it to their own selves, subhanAllah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that when the fight took place between the, these two, uh, Jalut, um, Talut mentioned, his people mentioned, لا اليوم بجالوت وجنودي. We have no way to fight Jalut and his army. We are too weak. O Talut, O King, Muslim King, we do not have the ability to fight Jalut. Those people who are convinced that they're going to meet Allah. Brothers, look at the word. That's what it is. The Urdu Arabic word, same thing. To meet Allah. Those people, Yadunnuna does not mean they thought. Here, Dhan comes in the meaning of Yaqeen. Those who had conviction that they're going to meet Allah. If you and I have conviction that we're going to meet Allah, then our life will be different. The people of Gaza, they have that yaqeen that they're going to meet Allah. 
That's why they're able to say in the Quran, كم من فئة قليلة غلبت فئة كثيرة بإذن الله. How many instances there have been where a small group of people have been able to overthrow and outdo and grant and been given victory over a large group of people. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بِإِذْنِلَّهِ Only with the permission of Allah. This victory, when odds are stacked up against you, will only happen when you have iman. And even that iman has there, the only reason you'll get that victory is بِإِذْنِلَّهِ Through the permission of Allah. وَاللَّهُ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ And Allah will be with those who have patience. We all have our own battles. Although, yes, our battles seem to be extremely insignificant in front of this battle that's going on. But we do have our issues at work, at home, uh, uh, you know, outside, inside, whatever the case may be. Where we up, we're up against a force that is, uh, you know, really far stronger than us. Many of us are suffering when it comes to issues at home with our spouses. Many are suffering with their children. Many are suffering with their uh, uh, you know, business partners. Many are suffering with their bosses. Whatever the case may be, understand that victory comes with iman. And victory comes with sabr. And victory will only come with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is, the, Allah says, Wallahu ma'asabirin. So if you are in a state of, of being oppressed, my beloved brother and sister, be patient. Right? Be patient. Do not overdo the, the, the vengeance, lest you become the oppressor in the eyes of Allah. It started off with, I'm defending myself. She did this to me. He did this to me. There are cases when someone, a husband, uh, you know, uh, may have uh, what you call grabbed his wife's arm. Or a wife may have grabbed her husband's arm. Okay, fine, don't do that. But that's not the end of the world. In lieu of this grabbing of someone's arm, grabbing of someone's hair, what happens? Then they, they start off World War III. And Allah is watching. Allah is watching what you're doing. So you cannot, you can, you can tell yourself that you, this is so-called self-defense, eight months in court, because someone grabbed your hand. You can tell yourself that this is self-defense, two years in court, and $300,000 down of self-defense. And Allah knows you're lying. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that if you do, If you avenge yourself, then avenge yourself equivalent to however much oppression was done against you. And if you do more than that, then you are the oppressor. Allah says, if you have to avenge yourself, do it equivalent to how much the oppression was. Lest you end up becoming the oppressor as mentioned in, in narrations as well. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ma'iyah. If you want that special closeness, the first ayah was muttaqeen, with those who have taqwa. Second ayah, wallahu ma'as-sabirin. Alright? When we tell, when the husband and wife, when parents tell their children, see their children off, give them a goodbye kiss, and they say, Allah ma'ak. Right? Khuda hafiz. What does that mean? These are not small little words. These are big words. Allah ma'ak. Mom and dad are not with you. You're going on a travel. You're going on a journey. But Allah is, is with you. If we said it with conviction, those words honestly are huge. Those du'as are huge. That's the biggest du'a that any parent can give their child. That's the biggest du'a any husband and wife can give each other. Any sibling can give to each other. Anyone can give anyone. Is that may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be with you. And so, each one of us needs to try his best and her best to bring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance on our side. Just win over him. Right? So show him something. Such level of humility. Such level of sincerity that he comes onto our side. And like we said last week, إِذَا كَانَ اللَّهُ مَعَكَ فَمَنْ عَلَيْكَ If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you, who can be against you? If Allah is with you, who can be against you? Surah Yusuf. What is the gist of the whole beautiful Surah Yusuf? 
amazing surah. You know, it's, it's, it's such a powerful, beautiful surah filled with lessons. Ayah number 90 is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <clears throat> Yusuf alayhi salam says, regarding um, his brother, bin Yamin, at the end when the story ends, I'm Yusuf and this is my brother. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us, has been so kind to us. And then he says, Indeed, whoever has taqwa and whoever has patience. Didn't we just talk about that? These two things? Did we just say that? Allah will be with those who are taqwa. And then we said Allah will be with those who have sabr. Same thing Yusuf alayhi salam says. إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَتَّقِ وَيَصْبِرْ Whoever has taqwa and whoever has sabr. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Indeed, Allah will not waste the reward of those who do ihsan. My beloved friends, again to the, our, our quarreling couples or our oppressed husband or wife situation. If you have sabr and you have taqwa, wallahi you will win. You will win in the court of Allah and maybe in the court of this dunya as well. But make sure you do not become a transgressor. Make sure you remain steadfast, be patient, and take on whatever you need to take on. Doesn't mean you don't defend yourself, but be careful, don't overdo it. And this is for all situations. Whoever is suffering, uh, the, whoever is suffering the harm of, of hypocrites, the backstabbing friends, uh, so-called friends, jealousy of those who harbor jealousy, this is the answer. If you remain patient and you have taqwa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He will not waste the reward of ihsan. But it takes time. Allah, He could have created, uh, 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 He could have allowed the, the tree to give fruit, mango tree, within one season. Why even one season? He could give it to you in one month. Allah could give you dates within one season. But we know it doesn't happen one season. Many years takes place before a date tree gives dates and a mango tree gives mangoes. Allah willed it. What am I supposed to do? Allah willed it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills that help and assistance of His comes, but it comes after some time. He wants to see how much are you willing to uh, ask from Him. How much are you willing to uh, beg of Him. I, all of us here, I know are begging Allah for something or another in their life. All of you. Something or another is bothering you. Something or another is, 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 is heavy on you. And it might be a year, it might be two years, it might have been a decade since you've been asking and you might even ask me at the end of this tafsir, like many times I've been asked, when do we stop? And the answer is you don't stop. You keep on asking. You keep on asking. You keep on asking. And that's what Allah wants. If it wasn't for that situation in your life, would you seriously be making an extra dua when everyone rushes after a salah home? You sitting there making dua? When everyone rushes after Jummah to, some, to somewhere, you sitting there praying extra two rakats? When everyone rushes to the bed, or rushes to their phones. You are sitting there on the musalla praying an extra four rakah salah. After fajr, everyone leaves home. And you are sitting there till ishraq making dua. Would have those things happened if you did not face those difficulties that you're facing? So this is a success itself. Whatever is making you worried and you're just making dua every day for it, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you've got something in your life that pushes you towards the musalla. Honestly, this is the best possible thing that can happen to you. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will one day give you what you're asking for. Either in this world, or as you know, a calamity of equivalent uh, difficulty will be removed from your path. Or third thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you in the hereafter with so many things that you would have wished that none of your du'as would have been answered in this dunya. 
So we don't, we don't give up. We keep on asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But sabr and taqwa is what's going to happen. Second aspect of Surah Yusuf, that is the crux of it, is ayah 21. Wallahu ghalibun ala amri. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all powerful over his affairs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all powerful over his affairs. But majority of people do not know. That at the end, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to have victory. And so the story of Yusuf, Musa, and Fir'aun is the same thing. And the story of the uh, oppressors and oppressed ones today is the same thing. The oppressor thinks he's being let go. Oppressor thinks he's winning. But Wallahi al-Azim is not winning. We know that. We have to have. Our faith is incomplete if we think he's winning. He is not winning. He is using every single day to dig his pit in hell deeper and deeper. And for every single second that he continues to oppress and kill, these are, we cannot imagine how many billions of years of extra Jahannam will be given in sentence down to this individual, these individuals. So this is the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we learn from, from here. Uh, it is mentioned that <clears throat> when the people of Makkah al-Mukarramah wanted to kill Rasulullah sallallahu as Allah says, وَإِذْ يَمْكُرُ بِكَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِيُثْبِتُوكَ أَوْ يُخْرِجُوكَ when the people of this, when the disbelievers sat together and made mashwara and consulted how are they going to harm Rasulullah? Are they going to tie him up? Are they going to imprison him? Are they going to expel him? Or are they going to kill him? And they were plotting against the Prophet And you know they were almost Seconds away from, minutes away from killing him. The night he left for hijrah. They all came, they attacked. But he was Ali radiallahu anhu. I mean, it's just something to think about, man. It's just something to think about. The fact that Allah allowed his prophet to be in a house. Hours, or not hours before. <laughs> not hours before. While the disbelievers actually have surrounded him. And they are fully armed with, as was Iblis' opinion, and they took it. That everyone should come with a sword, every single member of each tribe, and that all the tribes attack like one person, so that the Banu Hashim would not be able to um, take their vengeance from 15, 20 tribes. How are you going to fight with 15 tribes? Like what's happening today? A Muslim country, what is he going to do? It's like, wait, how many are going to stand up to all these, all these different things? Just so stay quiet. That's what's going on. So, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he's faced with maybe 15, 20 young men from all different tribes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to be in that house. And then after that, miraculously chose to get him out of there. It's, it's, honey, like, we were seconds away from the entire Islam being wiped off the surface of the earth forever. Because there, there was no, like, reinforcements. Oh, Nabi Sallallahu is dead, so another one's going to come in, a replacement. No, khalas, he was the last prophet. But this is how Allah works. When you feel like it's over, done, there's no way I'm going to get out of this mess. That's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pulls it off. Have you seen magic tricks? You've seen Olympics? You've seen uh, gold medalists and different things? What happens, man? It's, it's always, what's so amazing about it? Because you think the person has just pushed himself to such an extent, he's not going to make it. He jumps so high, he won't be able to die. Right? He went so deep down, he won't be able to come back up. Whatever the, 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 the sport may be, whatever the trick may be, he's like, how are you going to make this out? But that's the whole kamal. That's the whole amazing thing is that how did you escape death like that, right? So this is Allah. No, no magic show here going on. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will take it where balagatil qulubul hanajir. Where your throat will reach your 
will your heart will reach your throat. Meaning you're so scared that you think there's no way I'm going to get out of this. It's over. But you still always have hope in Allah. And that's when Allah comes to assist. This is something where a disbeliever will say, I'm done, I'm out. I can't, I can't take this anymore. But a believer will say, no, there's always a chance. There's always a chance. I heard of um, Khaja Khan Muhammad Rahmatullahi Alayhi, our Ustad's Ustad. He was in, in, in England doing a Khatman Nubuwa conference. And his wife had passed away in Pakistan. So someone told him, Hazrat, your wife passed away in Pakistan and we, know we, need to, we should try to get back. So he canceled the program or whatever it was and they ran to the airport. And there was only, uh, you know, with much difficulty, they got the, the flight and they said, but no, you are on standby. There's no flights available to Pakistan at this moment. So, but you can go stand by the gate. So he went by, stood by the gate, sat by the gate. Malana Hisar Hazrat was just sitting in dhikr and muraqaba, just waiting for Allah SWT's help. And they waited. You know, you've been on standby probably before. You know how that works. And this was a flight to Pakistan to make it for his wife's janazah. And uh, the flight, they said, all passengers are here. They've, and full. So the gate closed and the flight pushed back. You know, once the gate closes, they act like it's over. Like, you know, <laughs> death. They'll never open it. So they closed the gate and the uh, airplane pushed back. So then the murids and the students of Hazrat Khajah said, let's go back. Hazrat, we'll try to get a night flight or tomorrow's flight. He said, no, wait here, just wait, just wait. We're, gonna stay. We're not giving up. We're going to keep on making dua. <laughs> Ask Allah subhanahu wa help. And it was a matter of minutes. All of a sudden, the gate opened up again. And equivalent to how many people with Khaja, uh, Khaja Khan were, that amount of people came out of the flight. And they said there was one member of the, one passenger got sick. And she said, no, I cannot travel now. So all those who were with her said, we also have to get off the plane and we'll travel with this old lady, whoever she was, you know, afterwards. So for example, if there was five people, five people came off. <laughs> and they said, okay, now that the five people off, they went, see, you got five people off, can you please make it? We said, okay, fine. SubhanAllah, then he was able to board the flight and make it back to his wife's janazah. And this is Allah SWT tests people, right, to see. Now how many of us would just say, forget it, it's over. But it's never over until it's actually over. It's never over. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do anything so the one who has that trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah shows him, but Allah is going to push you to the limits. Right? So this is what we're seeing over here as well. Allah pushed the limits, and then eventually Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa left. He did hijrah. Now, two years later, in Badr, what happens? Ananas al-Malik radiallahu anhu, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, taraka qatla badrin thalathan, thumma atahum. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left those who were killed in Badr for three days. Then he came to them. He stood in front of them. And he called out to them. He mentioned the disbelievers' names one after the other. And then he said, Did you not find what Allah promised you to be true? Allah promised you that if you do not follow the message, then you will face hell in the grave and beyond. Did you not find what Allah promised you true? For indeed, I have found what my Lord has promised me to be true. This in, in reality is a coding verse of the Quran. This is when the people of Jannah will go to Jannah and the people of Jahannam will go to Jahannam. What will happen? There will be a dialogue that will take place. The dialogue will take place and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that the people of Jannah, وَنَادَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ 
the people of Jannah will call out to the people of Jahannam. We have found whatever our Lord promised us to be true. Have you found what your Lord to be promised to be true? See, the people of Jannah will be screaming out to the people of Jahannam. Did you find what Allah promised you to be true? How is Jahannam? We have found, alhamdulillah, Jannah is exactly how Allah had promised us. So Nabi is saying this to who? The people of Badr, the, the leaders of Quraysh. Three days after their corpses are lying there. And then the Prophet ﷺ, فَسَمِعْ عُمَرْ قَوْلَ Then Umar heard the Prophet ﷺ speaking to them. And he said, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ كَيْفَ يَسْمَعُوا How can they hear you? وَأَنَّا يُجِيبُوا And how could they ever respond to you? وَقَدْ جَيَّفُوا Even now that they have become old corpses. قَالَ Rasul responded وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ I swear by that being in whose hands lies my life مَا أَنْتُمْ بِأَسْمَعِي لِمَا أَقُولُ مِنْهُمْ You are not able to hear any better than they are Meaning they can hear you as good as you are You can They can hear me as good as you can Who can? These dead corpses However, وَلَكِنَّهُمْ لَا يَقْدِرُونَ أَنْ يُجِيبُوا But they are not capable of responding. ثُمَّ أَمَرَ بِهِمْ فَالصُحِبُوا Then Allah Rasulullah ordered for them to be pulled and dragged. فَأُلْقُوا فِي قَلِيبِ بَدْرٍ And they were thrown into the well of Badr. It took time. It took many years for Nabi wasallam to be able to witness this. But what, what are we speaking about today? We're speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ma'iyyah. When a, you and I need to do what we cannot control anything, but we can control our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, الحق, The truth has come. And falsehood has come to an end. Falsehood has to come to an end. Falsehood has to come to an end. So, my beloved brothers and sisters, all of those who are complaining about people oppressing us in our lives, issues that are oppressing us, not just people, issues. We need to understand that the, 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 the uh, chain of all of these things that is in the neck of these people, is, who holds the chain? Allah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove it, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of, of you sooner than later. We talked about this last week as well. That this lamb over here is lamb, one of the few lambs in the Quran that we're not going to call it. We'll call lam, lam, we won't call lam we'll call lam al-aqibah. That uh, the Fir'aun, a family Fir'aun picked him up, the people of Fir'aun picked him up. Not, the intention was of course not to make Musa an enemy, but it aqibah, it ended up becoming like that. So we talked a lot about the fact that many things we do, which we think are good for us, in reality they may end up being bad for us. Many that we do that are bad, apparently bad for us, but the aqibah, the ending is good. That's why we're supposed to make the dua. Allahumma ahsin aqibatana fil umuri kulliha. Oh Allah, make the ending in all my affairs to be the best. Wa min dunya wa And protect me from being forsaken in this world and suffering punishment in the hereafter. So it's don't get excited and sugar happy when you see something good happening. Always ask Allah for a good ending. Some things, may, some things may start good, but they end up in a wrong place. That's why any business, any relationship, whatever we have going, constantly be afraid of how it might go wrong. And constantly be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection. In this ayah, 
Fir'aun's wife said that Imra'atu Fir'aun, she said, Qurratu'ayni li walak. He can be, a, I'm, gonna, I'm asking you to take him because he will be the, the joy to the eye of me, for me and for you. We talked about qarar, how the eye, when it's qarar, means it's set in one place. It doesn't move. When your eye is set, qarar means it's set. So either qurra, either comes from coolness or it means being set. If your eye is set somewhere, that means you're so happy that you don't look at anyone else. You're so happy with your spouse, you don't look at anyone else. You are so happy with your children, you don't look at anyone else. So she's saying, we'll be so happy with this boy that we won't have to ever look at any other child. And as, as we talked about last week, that they had one daughter but didn't have a son. So wanted him to be the son. And do not kill him because he intended to kill him, of course. We hope that inshallah he'll be of benefit to us. Little did, the, little did Fir'aun know that yes, he will benefit Asiya because she will accept in his, ima, in his, in his deen, but he will definitely bring Fir'aun down. Oh, not If we don't, if he, if not, then at the very least, even if not some external amazing benefit, he'll just become a, a adopted son of ours. Little did they know what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has planning for them. So that goes just back to Asa and Takrahu Shayun wa Khairul Lakum. Many things you dislike, but they're in reality good for you. Asa and Tuhibu Shayun wa Sharul Lakum. Many things you love, but they are evil for you. So. Whatever situation we are going through, just ask Allah for the best of it. And we, this is why we're supposed to, every morning, we're supposed to make dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka khayra hadha al-yawm. Fathahu wa nusrahu wa nurahu wa barakatahu wa huda. Oh Allah, I ask you for the good of this day. I don't know what this day is going to be like. I'm asking you every morning. Oh Allah, I'm gonna, I ask you the good of this day. What do I mean by the good? Fathahu, the conquest of this day. Wanasrahu, the assistance on this day. Wanurahu, the nur of this day. Wabarakatahu, the blessing of this day. Wahudahu, and the guidance of this day. Similarly, in the night, Allahumma yasaluk, Allahumma yaudiq min sharri hadi layla wa sharri ma fiha. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the evil of this night and the evil of what's in this night. So then, Allahumma jaal awwal hadi nhari salaha. These du'as are not for us to just يعني, just say what's oh, in the books. My nanny used to read it. That doesn't work. My grandma used to read it. We need to memorize it. We need to read it. Many, every single Friday, every single day, Tuesday, someone says, Oh brother, that dua, what you said. How many du'as are you going to say? I don't even know all the du'as naturally. The best is you get a du'a book, like Hazbul Adam, Munajat Maqbool, and read through it. Every single day, make a weird, read through Munajat Maqbul or Hizbul Azam, and you will complete over a period of seven days over 200 du'as of the Quran and, and the hadith of the Prophet. Vast majority of the du'as, you'll find it in there, right? And you can read it in English. You can read it, the transliteration. Hizbul Azam and Munajat Maqbul. Get it from the bookstore, bookstall outside. I'm sure it has it there. <clears throat> So this dua was, Allahumma ja'ala awwal hadha nari salaha. Oh Allah, make the first portion of the day salahan righteousness. Wa awsatahu falaha. Make the middle portion of the day falahan success in all my affairs. So salahan, I want to start off on a good note. Piety, taqwa, tahara, ibadah, dua, dhikr, tahajjud. Make the first portion of the day righteousness and piety. Awsatahu falaha. The middle portion of the day falah success in business dealings and everything I'm doing success, success, success. Lastly, akhirahu najaha. In the last portion of the day, najahan allow me to, um, uh, to gain salvation. So let me end the day on a good note that I am not doing anything that would take me to hellfire. Right? This is also a very beautiful dua. So we, these days and nights are vessels. We don't know what's in it. 
we should, uh, we should be asking for the best of it. This ayah here was speaking about how Musa salam's mother, she didn't, couldn't think of anything besides Musa. And her natural motherly instinct would have prompted her um, right her, her would have would have prompted her to speak up would have prompted her to speak up and say he's my son but uh, did not do so and how is that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made her strong and quiet so we talked about how the ability to speak the truth when no one else is speaking comes from Allah and the ability to remain silent when everyone else is screaming also comes from Allah the ability to remain silent in the moment of anger comes from Allah. The ability to speak the truth and loudly when there's a fear of oppression and, and losing your life or wealth or whatnot, that strength also comes from Allah. That's why it's mentioned Afdalul Jihad Kalimat Haqqin Inda Sultan in Jair that the most virtuous um, jihad and struggle is the ability or the opportunity to speak the truth in front of a tyrant. Why is that? <clears throat> it's because the tyrant who says, I'm going to kill you, uh, he means it. He is, he's got a hundred, you know, he's got an executioner there, 24-7, multiple shifts. That's how it used to be. And of course, that's how it is today as well. Although the executioners are different, but we still have that style. So when an oppressor says, I'm going to kill you, he will easily do it, and you already see thousands who have died before you, you know you're going to go. Go. But then you're saying that I'm going to speak the truth not for the sake of just speaking the truth but maybe if I speak the truth this king, this powerful king may understand maybe Allah will give hidayah through my words and maybe you'll understand and if just this king will understand that every single thing can change so we don't speak just for the sake of speaking emotional outburst you know what I'm trying to say? emotional outburst is not necessarily very beneficial emotional outburst is not very beneficial Speak when there is benefit in speaking. Think about all the factors that you... Think about all the factors. What will happen if I speak up now? Is there going to be some long-term benefit? Then do so. If there's going to be no long-term benefit, and rather harm is going to get done, then don't speak just because you're angry. I know you're angry. I know you're hurt. But then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you patience. Ask Allah to give you forbearance. Because if there is no outwardly, outward benefit from speaking at that time, you, <clears throat> you may only bring <coughs> just harm. Last week, a brother just reminded me, I had told you to remind me to share a story. Does you remember that? One brother told me. Now, what story did I ask you to remind me about? Huh? Oh, mashallah, okay. The story of the hairdresser. And so, we had talked, had talked about how the child was picked up by the family of Firaun, either the guards or the daughter, and if you remember I said she had seen a dream that she has a sickness skin disease and that the box is going to come and she's going to get her cure from it so the baby opened up as a little newborn baby she put her finger on his, on his mouth and took the saliva and placed it on the skin Alhamdulillah Allah cured her so she became a believer that this is a special baby so then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed level of iman in the daughter and in the wife of Firaun although he was deprived of it and I was speaking about yesterday, last week we spent extensive time on speaking about the soft power of women and how they can use that for greater benefit. If you missed it, please listen to last week's session on that. Um, so here we're speaking about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned the tables through these two women. 
And so the, what is the story of the, of the mashtat of Fir'aun? I want to share with you the hadith here. Anu Abbas radiallahu anhu maqal qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said related by Abdullah ibn Abbas He said Lama kanat al-laylat al-lati usriya bi fiha On the night of Mi'raj Isra in Mi'raj When I ascended the heavens Atat alayya ra'ihatun tayyibah A very nice fragrance came to me In during the journey Faqultu ya Jibreel Ma hadhi ra'iha tayyibah O Jibreel What is this beautiful fragrance? فقال هذه رائحة ماشطة ابنة فرعون وأولادها. He said this is the fragrance of the hairdresser of the daughter of Pharaoh and her children. The hairdresser of the daughter of Pharaoh and her children. That's a fragrance. قال قلت وما شأنها. I asked Jibril, what is her story? Why is this happening here? قال بينا هي تمشط ابنة فرعون. One day when the hairdresser was combing the hair of the daughter of Pharaoh that yomin. The comb fell for her hand. She said, Bismillah. As she, picking it, she picked up the comb. So in this narration, it says that the, the daughter of Pharaoh who had not been a believer yet. Okay? She said, <laughs> She said, Abi, my father, what do you mean, Bismillah? You understand? You said in the name of Allah, are you saying in the name of my father? Qadat la. said, no, I don't mean your father. Walakin rabbi wa rabbu abiki Allah. My Lord and the Lord of your father is Allah. Qalat ukhbiruhu bidalik. said, shall I go to inform him? Qalat naam. said, go ahead and inform him. Fa'akhbaratuhu. The daughter informed the father that this is what our hairdresser said. Fad'aha. Fir'aun called her. فَقَالَ يَا فُلَانَ وَإِنَّ لَكِ رَبًّا غَيْرِي Do you actually claim to have a Lord besides me? قَالَتْ نَعَمْ She said, yes. رَبِّي وَرَبُّكَ اللَّهِ My Lord and your Lord is Allah. فَأَمَرَ بِبَقَرَةٍ مِنْ نُحَاسٍ فَأُحْمِيَتْ He said, a, 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 a cow made out of a, 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 a molten a, a brass was brought and it was the entire cow, right? It's a shape and a form of a cow but it's all metal. And it was heated, extreme heat. A whole huge cow. Then he asked his guards, he asked the, her, her, this hairdresser and her children to be thrown inside this boiling, um, you know, metal that was in the form of a cow. She asked him, she told Firaun, Indeed, I have one request. قَالَ وَمَا حَاجَتُكِ He said, what is your request? قَالَتْ أُحِبُّ أَن تَجْمَعَ عِظَامِي وَعِظَامَ وَلَدِي فِي ثَوْبٍ وَاحِدٍ I wish that you can gather my bones and the bones of my children in one cloth. وَتَدْفِنَنَا And then you bury us. فَقَالَ ذَلِكَ لَكِ عَلَيْنَا مِنَ الْحَقِّ He said, that I will take care of. قَالَ فَأَمَرَ بِأَوْلَادِهَا he ordered for her children. Each one of the children were thrown into this blazing fire. One after another in front of the mother to obviously increase her torture. There could be nothing more torturous than a mother to see her children burnt alive in front of her own eyes. Until all the children were burnt to death, one last suckling nursing baby was left. It's as though she had second thoughts due to this one. 
that maybe I should just give up my iman because the nursing child, there's no such thing like a love of a mother for her nursing child as we spoke about this at the beginning verse of Surah Al-Hajj. Right? That is the day, the day of judgment when every nursing mother will forget her nursing child. And we talked about the relationship between a mother and her child, especially a nursing child, is one like there is none other. And Allah says even that relationship will cease on the day of judgment. When the trumpet will be blown, everyone will forget. So it's as though she had second thoughts due to this nursing child. So then this baby spoke up. Remember I said about speaking up? The baby spoke up. اقتحمي. He tells the mother, you jump in. For indeed, the adab of dunya is far less severe than the adab of akhirah. So she jumped in. Subhanallah. Meaning the baby was saying, mom, you can't see me going in. You go first. Just jump in. Who's going to stop you? Just jump in. I'll go after you. Allahu Akbar. Right? And then Abdullah ibn Abdul, this hadith ends related by Imam Ahmad al-Musnad and Sahih ibn Hibban and Hakim ibn al-Mustadrak and in Tabrani. Abdullah ibn Abbas the narrator of the hadith says, Four children spoke up. Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam. Number two, Sahib Juraj. Juraj is a long story as well. The monk, right? Who briefly, I'll allude to the story over there, who had um, been accused fornicating and uh, and and people want or uh, wanted to destroy his monastery right people want to destroy the monastery you know the story or no people want to destroy his monastery because they said how you act like a scholar and you act like a pious monk and you ended up doing this 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 and there is a, a lady who's give birth and she accuses you of it what what happened is subhanallah her he, his mother had called out to him his mother had called out to him once and he was in his prayer. And he said, Ummi wa salati. Ummi wa salati. My mother, my salat. My mother was salat. So he's like, okay, let me keep on praying. So that mother was, must have been short-tempered mother like many mothers are today in the past. I mean, they're short-tempered. And they don't realize that they have something that is more harmful than a gun in their hand. A loaded gun in their hand would not cause that much harm as what they have. And that is a tongue. A mother's tongue is very, very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. So what did she say? She didn't, respond, she didn't receive a response from him, so she cursed him. And she said, may you not die. And she just made up a curse. I don't know where she got this from. She said, she, may you not die until you see the face of the evil-doing evil women. I mean, subhanAllah, all, all the things she could have cursed him when she said this. Right? Until you, you don't see the face of the women of the street. <clears throat> Who would have ever thought that this would have happened? He never went and did anything wrong. But he, he got accused of that. And people, she, the ladies went, the, said, oh, this father, has, this, uh, this, the father of this child is such and such. Monk who is a, you know, a, 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 used to come out here for grazing sheep, etc., etc. She just made up a lie. And today's the world, you know how easy it is to make up lies, especially against men, <laughs> unfortunately. So, um, so the whole town was up in arms, ready to destroy her. Ready to destroy the mon monastery. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed, I'm sorry, I confused. He, didn't, he, was not a, he was not a farmer, he was just a monk. But then Allah made the baby speak up in front of the villagers and said that the father is not the monk, the father instead is a so-and-so farmer. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him by making this young baby speak up. That's called the story of Juraj. A lot of lessons to be learned, importance of taking care of our mothers, being dutiful to them, and also a warning to mothers not to take their tongue lightly and curse their children. Because many times, those moments are a moment of dua. And honestly, I, because moms love their kids. As a mother, if you curse your child, you will hurt yourself more than your child. Because you're going to sit there and cry forever when you see your child suffer. And when you realize he is suffering because of your own curse, wow, you will never forgive yourself for that. That is why it's very important to bite your tongue and to control your tongue, especially in, at the time of rage. And be careful not to curse your kids or anyone else for that matter. Number three, Shahidi Yusuf, who spoke up. The Yusuf Ali Salam story, when he was being accused by Zulaikha, uh, uh, what happened? The baby spoke up and said, if you look at where the shirt has been torn from. And of course it was torn from the back of Yusuf Salam. And lastly, Ibn Mashitatu Ibn Firaun, the baby boy of the hairdresser of the daughter of Firaun. SubhanAllah. Wow, what a beautiful story. And, uh, and Rasulullah smelled the fragrance of these burnt children. Fragrance. Imagine the ash, the smell of burnt human flesh, which is the worst possible thing. Allah replaced that with fragrance in Jannah that Rasulullah smelt in Mi'raj. And he's asking Jibreel, what is this? I want you to understand that deen and the people of deen, honestly, throughout the history of mankind have suffered have suffered to a degree that you cannot even imagine. We think that suffering is only happening today. People of the truth have always suffered. This is this dunya. The dunya is a place of suffering. The one who, who, who does the, what is right, he ends up paying a higher price in this dunya. And it's all calculated by Allah. That's how it's supposed to be. Allah wants the reward in the akhirah because you can't eat the cake and have the cake. You can't have every single thing over here and every single thing over there. It's either here or there. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts, has put the ummah and the sahaba and the awliya and the anbiya and the pious people through so much unbelievable difficulty. Look what I just read this story. I know we just heard it. But go back and listen to it afterwards and read it yourself. If you just think about a mother watching each of her children being burnt to death in front of her, my God, we cannot see a finger of a little baby, you know, it comes back, I'm thinking as a father, you know, of a, of a finger getting stuck in, in a door, a finger getting cut by a knife. Oh my God, it's so painful. Now to imagine them one after another being burnt alive in front of you. And then for you to say, I'm not going to give up my iman. No, I'm, st- I'm solid. If this, is, if this is the price of iman, I'm ready to pay for it. Or ask yourself, are we, any one of us, ready to pay for this type of iman, man? Because that's, that's where we realize that we're very weak. We're not ready. People say, Mahdi, Mahdi. No, you're not ready for Mahdi. I'm not ready for Mahdi. Yeah, we're not ready for any of that stuff. Because Mahdi means... Difficulty. It means victory, yes, but victory for who? For the people willing to pay the price. We have so weak, I have so weak faith. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen our iman. May Allah strengthen our iman. May Allah strengthen our iman. But this is what we're speaking about here. Don't ask difficulty from Allah. Don't ask fitna from Allah. Don't ask adab from Allah. Don't ask punishment from Allah. Don't ask test from Allah. But always do ask that, Ya Allah, give me a level of iman that I can handle whatever you choose to send me. So this is... Um, that aspect, what we talk about, the, the, the story of, of the daughter, of the, uh, uh, of the, sorry, the daughter's hairdresser. Musa mother then said to his sister, Qussihi, trail him. Qassa ya you remember Surah Al-Qassas, what does that mean? 
Qissa story. We said, why is a story called a story? Why is, qissa, why is a story called Qissa? Because a storyteller goes, walks back into the footsteps of the incident. So Qissa Yaqussu means to walk back. So Qussihi is Amr. This is imperative form. Okay? And this is for the Arabic students. This is, what Sigha is this? Any of the first years want to tell me? Qussihi, what Sigha is this? Hey, Amr, and then? Okay. Hadir. Huh? Anyone? Amr, then? Is it Wahid Tathniya Jama'a Mudakkar Mu'annath? Wahid Mu'annath Hadir, right? That's why Qussihi, that Ya is there. He's because she's telling to the daughter, Qussihi, go and trail him, follow behind him. That's all she had to tell him. فَبَصُرَتْ بِهِ عَنْ جُنُبٍ So she had washed over him from afar. وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ Though they who had retrieved him did not sense his presence. What does this mean here? That the mother said, now that he's gone away, I want you to go see where is this box going. Right? This box that's in the river. Where is it going to go? And who picks him up? And what happens? Go see all that. So she started walking and to see where does this box go. And eventually she sees it's been picked up by the people of the palace. Right? It's been picked up by the people of the palace. But she was smart. She knew that she should not... Uh, she sh- uh, that she should not go nearby And a po- that's why You know when you send someone to do some work You should send someone who knows what they're doing uh, Otherwise they'll ruin it There's a poet It says here if you, A poet says If you need to send someone as a messenger Then send a wise man Who you do not need to give any more specific details Right? <laughs> One time, I think it was Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria, I think so, Rahimullah was pro- had to pray. Far salah at the train station before the border train. So he asked one of the students, one of the murids, lead salah to Maghrib, Isha, whatever it was. So he went to go lead salah. In the process of that, what happened? He made such a nice, beautiful, long salah that the train came, stopped, everyone boarded, and it left. And Hazrat, mashallah, is still enjoying his salah, ruku, sajda. After salah finished, Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria, Alhamdulillah, said, if he said, may Allah forgive us, we made such a mistake by making you an imam. <laughs> not your fault, you don't know any better, because we made it wrong, because why? Where are you? You're not in the masjid, you are at a train station. You're at a platform. You already should have checked. You got four minutes left for the train to come. This is not the time to start Surah Al-Baqarah in the first rakah. Right? This is the time you read short surahs. But the fact is that you're not wise. You don't have the basic uh, you know, elements of uh, sound aql to be able to make a decision here. So what happens is many times we, we give tasks to people who ruin it. But you know, we need to understand who can handle that task and who cannot. When it comes to your children or as an employer or as a manager, you make sure you assign tasks based on the strengths of a person and don't get upset at him when you assign something to a person who can't, you should have known cannot handle it. That's your fault that you, didn't, you assigned something to a person who cannot handle it. So here, she was the right person. She, he just said, follow him. She didn't say anything. The mom did not say, be careful, this, that, that. The Quran, look at this beauty of the Quran. Qusihi, follow him. That's it. Watch him. What did he do? The Quran says, she washed over him from afar. Why did the Quran say that? For us to learn a lesson. That you have to do things in a wise manner. Right? There's, there, you know, our youth, many times, they do things out of excitement. And they think that they have the strongest iman in the room. And all the people with the white beards, they're the cowards. All the older people, the ulama, the educated class, they're all cowards. And the one who are 18, 19, just finished up, Allah forbid many times, they just finished up the vape, 
just finished up watching, you know, a whole bunch of anime. And then they want to come and say, hey, this is what we got to do to conquer the world. Relax, brother. Let that smell and stench go away first. Make up your qada salah for the past three weeks. And then, inshallah, do some dhikr. And then give your advice. But that's what happens. The youth get all riled up. Want to do this, want to do that, want to do this, want to do that. So they don't have hikmah. They have a lot of josh, excitement. Which harms them and harms everyone else. So here, you realize that you have the importance of tadbir. The importance of plotting and planning. She stays from far and she's looking. She does not allow them to recognize who is there. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He, wants, when he decides to do something, we said, No one knows the army of Allah besides Allah. Allah's army is so vast, you cannot imagine. Not only it covers the sea, covers the earth, covers the mankind, covers the jinn kind, covers the animal kingdom, covers the plant kingdom, covers the uh, malaika kingdom, covers the, earth, uh, the heavens, everything. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is covering the, the, the uh, nervous system, I guess so, or in the suckling system of Musa alayhi salam. That now Musa alayhi salam, all of a sudden, he's hungry, he's starving, but he doesn't want to drink the mother's milk. Khalas, why? I don't know. He doesn't want to drink. This is all under the control of Allah. Who eats, who doesn't eat, who sleeps, who doesn't sleep, Who's, who, 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 who is um, moody, who's not moody. All that stuff is 100% in control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about that. How deep Allah's system works. You are, you are wondering why is someone acting mean with you today? He's acting mean with you because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to act mean with you. You're wondering why that person turned around the next day is acting so nice with you. That's because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to act nice with you. You're wondering why is someone being helpful towards you? And why the other person is forsaking you even though you're a good old friend. Why is he giving you a cold shoulder? No one does anything without the permission of Allah. So instead of wasting time running after the people, when you fight, are faced with difficulty, run after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He won't give you a chasing. He won't make you go around Him chasing around Him. No, no. He's, as soon as you and I knock, He's there for us. As soon as you and I raise our hand, He's there for us. So those of us who are suffering at the hands of our spouses, at the hands of our children, at the hands of our parents, at the hands of our business partners, at the hands of ex-friends, colleagues, remember, turn to Allah, Allah controls the hearts. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just control the heart. Allah controls the uh, these, uh, the, the sucking organ uh, uh, You know um, uh, What you call um, Muscles of a person's mouth Right And the desire to eat And not eat in the mind The, 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 the nervous system there All that stuff Subhanallah Allah subhanallah controls Thus before returning his mother We caused him to abstain from all Maradi' plural of murdi' All wet nurses Haramna means to make it haram Now you know this does not mean haram in the sharia This means haramna here Means that we made it as though it's haram. What happens when something's haram? Pork, you're not gonna eat it. No matter what happens, someone puts it, brother, it's on the pizza. Brother, it's got honey covered, coated on it. Brother, it's, it's served with potatoes. We don't care what you serve it with, how you cover it, what seasoning you have it. I don't want haram. I don't want pork. There you go. No matter how hungry Musa is, he doesn't want to drink milk. فقالت, then the, the, the sister just shows up randomly. Hey, what's going on? As Qasas Nabi of Shaykh Abdul Hassan Nadi describes the scene so beautifully. In this third part, he talks about how everyone is. Firaun uh, said, "We are. We're gonna do." The mom, the, his wife is worried. Why are you worried? Well, our baby hasn't drunk anything. What do you mean, Ethan? Go find a wet nurse. Go find another one. Go find another one. Nope, no one. They're so worried, perplexed, because if the wife is worried, the husband can't sleep. Right? We know that. The wife is worried. Then which husband? He's not gonna go to sleep. So now he's worried about his wife's sadness, and the wife is worried about the child, Musa. So they're asking people, come, 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 anyone? We're ready to pay. Go spread the word. We're ready to pay anyone who can come and give this baby milk. So then she shows up. She comes in line. 
هلادلكم على اهل بيت I heard there's a news there's a, a you know ad out there I've come here uh, is there so then his sister came forth and said to them shall I direct you to a people of a household اهل بيت a household يكفلونه who will foster him they were not they're not going to just give him milk they'll take care of him they'll be they'll take him happily as a foster child why did you show up it comes in certain narrations Haman Haman said ah he started thinking this is fishy what do you have to do are you, are you connected to this baby child do you know his story she says no uh, I'm just a well wisher for the king long live the king right I'm here for the king to help him so وَهُمْ لَهُ نَاصِحُونَ that household I know mashallah they will treat him well and they're well wishers for him that's it that's why I'm asking you to give him this is an amazing reflection of how du'as get accepted. Allahu Akbar. May Allah give us the understanding of this. Thus we did restore him to his mother. Now who restored him? Fir'aun? Allah used Fir'aun for it. Allah used the sister for it. Allah used all this. But he made nisbah towards himself. I did it. All of this is means. But the one who moved the moving parts and clicked the, you know, pushed the button was myself. Right, so the one who's gonna happen for the baby to come back alive? Come, you think about it. what are the chances of throwing a baby in the river for him to come back alive, and then on top of that, get caught by Pharaoh for him to come back alive? That's not gonna happen. Zero chance. But when Allah wants to do it, it will happen. So He says, we brought him back to his mother, so that her eyes may be comforted. Remember the word qarar, same thing. Her eyes may be comforted and find joy in him. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will have mercy. On those parents who make sacrifice for their children, all those fathers and mothers who send their kids to study the deen, to madrasas overseas and over over here as well, and they send they they say my son could have stayed at home and gone to a college like his siblings, university, and then could have walked away with making a lot of money, but they don't. It's a big sacrifice that our fathers and mothers do, that they pull them out from those schools and put them into seminaries and madrasas, and say you go study the deen and become an alim and come serve the community. And don't worry about the rest of the stuff. That is not only the the child is too young to make a sacrifice. He still doesn't understand what he's getting into. But the parents are the ones who make that sacrifice. And so today, every single father and mother who has made their children ulama, alhamdulillah, they are so thankful and grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they were allowed to make that decision. And whether they're, they are here or they're gone, the rewards are always with the parents. This is the amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. For those fathers and mothers who are listening to me, yes, the world will tell you, are you crazy? Why would you ever consider putting your son and daughter in the alim program or alima program and make them into a scholar? Why would you do that? You have an opportunity for him to become extremely wealthy and this and that. But everyone else can do that. Maybe other children can do that. If there is one child who has the capacity to serve deen, there's nothing more than you could ask from Allah to give you a child who is willing to study the deen. And I promise you, He will make you a trillionaire in the Akhirah. He'll make you a trillionaire in the Akhirah. How much can you eat today? How much? You, if you have a 25 bedroom home or a one bedroom home, you can only sleep on three feet of one bed. That's it. If you have 14 bathrooms or one bathroom, you're going to go to the bathroom one place. You have a 25 foot deep closet or you have a four foot deep closet. You can only wear one shirt at a time. This is all shaitan and nafs that make us feel all of this. I need this and I need this and I need this and I need that. Subhanallah. Today, yesterday, there's one billionaire. Right, passed away? I forgot his name. Did you read that in the news? Yesterday, a 90-year-old billionaire died. He's Warren Buffett's good friend. Subhanallah. Charlie? 
Charlie Munger. Okay, there you go. So people are following the news or following the billionaires, whatever it is. But, but I'm sure you read this news. Why? Did you read the article, what he said about, about houses? Me. Go read it. Charlie Munger, go read it yourself. In an interview, man, he lived in the same house in California for 75 years. Billionaire. I don't know how many billions. 20, 30, 40, however many he had. He lived in the same house for 75 years. You should go, Charlie Munger, Google it and read the article, the interview. And I think they had a long interview too by one of the you know, news stations. I didn't see the whole interview, but I just saw the excerpts of him speaking about houses. And he said his own best friend who's still alive in Omaha, Warren Buffett, living in the same house also for about 60, 70 years. Small, two-bedroom, three-bedroom. And what these two billionaires, the two amongst the wealthiest people on earth, just talked about how living a humble life because their billionaires have who? Their friends. All other billionaires. So they have stats like none of us can have stats. So he was saying that all the people he spoke to who built mega, mega, mega mansions and bought mega, mega yachts, he said every single one of them, they didn't get any happiness out of that. He said the level of happiness in, uh, that we got through our meager, simple homes is something that outdoes. He said these houses, the mega mansions, are only good for entertaining guests. But for your own comfort, they don't give you comfort, they give you headache. The wisdom is a lost item of a believer. He is deserving of it wherever he finds it. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows these disbelievers also to say most amazing things. Read it. And let that create yaqeen within us. That if, if, if anything, let's ask someone who's been through that, who's telling you, this is a waste of time, man. All of this mega stuff is a waste of time. The dunya says it makes you happy. But in honesty, it does not make you happy. It actually brings a lot more stress in this dunya and also in akhirah. May Allah make us understand this. And he said, number two, he said, by leading a humble life, it protects you from the envy of others. He is talking about hasad. He's talking about ayn. Right? Who should know about ayn and hasad more than we do? Right? Jealousy and, and the evil eye. He said it protects you from all that stuff because no one cares if you live in a small home and drive a simple car. No one's going to look at you. What was I speaking about? Uh? No, no. Yeah, where was I just speaking? We're speaking about. Where did we go into that? Huh? A reunion of the mother. Ah, I was I was speaking about this. I was speaking of fathers and mothers dedicating their children to serve Deen. Right. That's what I'm speaking about. If she did not throw him into the box, gone. They would have come and they would have been. Killed him and game over. That's it. No Musa. But she had to make that sacrifice. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always return your rewards of your sacrifice here, brothers. And the akhirah. That's what I'm trying to say. She had to make that. She had to bite the bullet. If she said, no, 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 no. What's going to happen to my baby? I can't believe it. This is too much sacrifice. Well, guess what? They were right there. They would have come in and killed him. Game over. But she made that sacrifice trusting in Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought him right back to her house. Without fear, maybe even a guard standing there protecting the supposed adopted son of Fir'aun. But then on top of that, she got paid. She was getting paid to take care of her own son. With the safety of Fir'aun. No one better dare touch that kid because he is belonging to the palace. When you send your sons and daughters to study the deen, I promise you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of you and take care of your children. And so I encourage all of you here to make this niyyah, to dedicate your children, not just for memorization of the Qur'an, that happens, fine. If it doesn't happen, don't worry about it. What we need now today is not hufad. We have alhamdulillah enough. What we need now today is ulama. That's what we need. We need male and female scholars who are going to serve the community. So whether you have children now or you don't, 
Make this this niyyah that inshallah when you do have children, when those of you are not married, that when you first get married, and then after that will have children, that you will dedicate them for the service of deen. Say inshallah. And that you yourself, don't just put everything on your kids, you yourself become a student of knowledge to the best of your ability. And those whose children are 18, 19 years old, I implore your da- the dads and moms who are listening to me to send them. We have our beautiful one-year program here. Send your daughters, send your sons for one year. And after one year, if, if you see, and if, your teach, if the teachers of your son or daughter say, the son of daughter of yours has the capacity to become a, a full-time student of knowledge, then thank Allah, pray to Rakat Salah to shukr every day. Don't think, oh my God, Molvi ban jayega. He's going to become a Molvi and I'm going to become poor and I'm going to be on the street I'm dead. That's what today's parents, it's, I have to, it's so frustrating. There are so many girls who want to study. There's so many boys who want to study. But it's their parents who don't allow them. And if only we could go, go back and speak to those who've, who are in the Akhirah, whose children did become scholars. Ask them, subhanAllah, what a beautiful Jannah, inshallah, they're receiving. What rewards they're getting every single day because of their children are serving deen. So this is a no-brainer for us. If your son and daughter has what it takes to be a scholar and they want to do it themselves, please, please do not stop them. Otherwise, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Right? And if your child doesn't want to do it, then don't force him. Well, no one's telling you to force a child to do that. But at the very least, the summer program and that one-year program at least, that's something I think every single one of us, inshallah, should have our daughters and sons go through. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I send him back to you so that you can be happy. Right? And you can um, find joy and be comforted. And number two, وَلَا تَحْزَن So that she may not grieve. I don't want to see you sad. Allah doesn't want us to see us sad. Right? Allah doesn't want us to see us crying and grieving. He said, I don't want her to grieve. Okay? وَلِتَعْلَمُ And I want you to know that Allah doesn't break His promises. That's powerful, man. That's so powerful. Allah says, I sent Him back to you for you to know I meant it when I said I'm going to bring Him back to you. I don't backstab. I don't go against my words. Subhanallah. So Allah says, I wanted her to know that Allah, when He says something, He means it. The promise of Allah is ever true. But most of them who disbelieve do not know that Allah's will is ever done and that what Allah promises is always true. How sad. I think we're part of that group of people for the most part. That we don't have that level of conviction that Allah's help is with Iman, Allah's help is with Amal Salihah, Allah's help is with Sunnah. Why are we always still being pulled in the other direction? Why are we always still giving preference to dunya over akhirah? Our Iman is weak. And this is where we need to not just think that this ayah has to do with the disbelievers, we need to apply it to ourselves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all absolute conviction and yaqeen in Allah's qudra and power. And may He grant us His ma'iyah. Um, we'll continue from 14 next week, inshaAllah. We'll take some questions, but I want to share a, a beautiful story with you. Uh, uh, um, here, as you send some questions, listen to this story. <laughs> one of our colleagues went to um, one of our colleagues went to uh, uh, you know West Coast this weekend. Alhamdulillah, as you know, our ulama travel across the country doing programs every weekend or throughout the month. And he shared a story of a young 16-year-old he came across from India. And he met him, he met our, our Sati Imanana, and he said, oh, you know what, can I, can, I, can I sit with you? Can I spend time, can I spend some time with you? So Imanana was sharing his story today. He said, the boy said, I, have a, I was in India, and I was uh, playing video games. And a friend from America was playing video games with me in India. He said, oh, I'm in, American, I'm in university here. So this 16-year-old said, oh man, I wish I could go to American university too. And he, he said, yeah, you should come, apply for it. 
So this boy said, went home, spoke to his mom and dad. His mom and dad said, are you crazy, America? We're not gonna let you even go out of this town. You're staying here and forever. You, we, we're not trust you go to America. What is this? So then he said, he decided to go to the masjid. In that day when he went to the masjid, the imam sahab, who was leading the salah, gave a khatira or juma salah, one of the two, he gave a talk. And in that he spoke about the importance of tahajjud and the benefits of tahajjud. The boy, he said, I never heard of tahajjud in my life before. He went back home and he started performing tahajjud salah. And he performed tahajjud, he said, Ya Allah, I want to go study in America, university. Make it easy for me. He just made dua. He said the very next day, his mom was on the phone. Hung up on the phone, said, Berta, come over here. You know, I was speaking to my friend, and she says her child is studying in America. And they said it's very nice and good. So you know what? I changed my mind. Bismillah, we'll make arrangements, you should go apply and go to America. So he said, this is, this is unbelievable, what's going on? So then he said, SubhanAllah, uh, you know, I started making dua And lo and behold, I, I ended up here 16 year old, I think so, 17 year old On a student visa in America studying And then he said, I came here And I'm doing well in school, very smart young boy I'm doing so very well in school But then I started saying, I'm, I made it over here I need to learn the deen So I made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya Allah, I came all the way here I don't have any deen, I need to learn the deen He thought of this in America So he said, very next day, I see you And then I said, subhanAllah, this Maulana is coming to our town Ya Allah, make it easy for me too Spend some time with him. So Monana was traveling to another part of the state. And so there's only one car that was going and they had space, one seat. Well, this boy ended up in that car. And he said, literally my dua got accepted that I ended up sitting in your car and the whole day he spent with him. And he said, subhanAllah, now I'm making dua that Allah subhanAllah allows me to come study at Darussalam. Right? So he said, bhai, you know, we, we all, we said, Monana told him, please, not only you should make dua for that, but you make dua for us. It seems like you are mustajabu da'awat. Your duas are, are, you know, mashallah, tabarak wa ta'ala, accepted. One story, just from this weekend. Another story I want to share with you of a young uh, Afghani boy. Afghani's, Afghani boy, as you know, after the Taliban uh, you know, uh, took over or the American forces had to run away, what happened? The fighting was taking place, flights, you know, full uh, cargo planes took, took off with a bunch of Afghanis on it, right? You know, we all know that. There's sad stories of people falling down as well. So he said there's two days of intense fighting between, two days of intense fighting between American forces and uh, the uh, Afghani, Afghani forces And he said it was so bad I was hiding under a car Two days Did not eat Did not drink Didn't, didn't do anything I hid under a car For full, full two days Eventually I heard a lot of commotion People running So I, I looked under the Outside the car said, What's going on They said We are we all running There's a plane here We're going to America He said what America I have no idea What, what he's talking about a little kid So he said he ran And then someone Just grabbed hold of him And he says Just say you're my brother so he said, SubhanAllah, we started running, running, and there was a big plane. And he just said, this guy's my brother, but this guy's my brother, and he just pushed it in. He said, literally, I had nothing on besides the clothes that I was wearing when I ran out of my house, hiding under a car. No, no not toothpaste, not toothbrush, not hat, not, nothing. Not, of course, no ID, no passport, nothing. He said, we're in a plane, I have no idea where America's on the map. We flew, some hours later, we landed, I thought we were in America. After some time, they said, no, you're in Qatar. Then after that, flew out again, Said, we landed again in South America. I said, no, we're in Germany. So he said, I thought after three days of staying probably in the American base in Germany, he thought he was America. He said, no, this is Germany. America is still to come. Then he landed in America after a long flight, after many days. And he said, he's been living in shelters. He lived in Washington, D.C., lived in Virginia, lived in Washington State, lived in Chicago, lived in Arizona, in so many different states being pushed around with thousands of other Afghani refugees. Right? No mom, dad, no one here, no ID. And eventually he got, he's been taken over by a non-Muslim foster, uh, you know, care. Non-Muslims are taking care of him. 
Now look at this 16 or 17 year old boy who's completely alone. He started, he came two years ago. He started public high school and he learned English, he's mashallah speaking. And then in these, all these uh, 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 places, the camps that he was staying in America, immigrant camps, he was staying with mostly people from Southern America and Central America. So he learned to speak fluent Spanish. So then he said, I started thinking, I know how to speak fluent Spanish and I know how to speak fluent English. What about learning Arabic for the Quran? How, is this, how, how am I going to answer Allah that I don't know Arabic? So subhanAllah, he said, I, made, I started making dua that Allah make it easy for me to start learning Arabic. He found out the nearest masjid, how far it was. Beloved brothers, this 17-year-old boy is a senior in high school. Look at his sacrifice. Look at all the crazy life he's going through, living with non-Muslims. He got a bike every single day, one hour biking to the masjid. He said, I'll go for dhuhr salah, stay till the isha, and then bike back home. And along with that working, you know, if whatever he could, eight hours a day to save up money and all the money, send it back overseas to his parents who have no source of income. So, so after many, many months or weeks of biking or however long, one hour of biking to come to the masjid, the brothers, the Jamaat brothers found him. So, brother, where you came from? They shared his story. They said, no problem. We'll send someone to pick you up to come. This, this youngster also, subhanAllah, met Maulana and said, you know what? My biggest desire is to study the deen. Can I come to Darussalam? I would like to come study, you know, subhanAllah. Um, Arabic. This is my dua is happening. This, these two stories just came to my mind because I heard them today. This is from this past Saturday, right? In, in, in Denver, Colorado. Two stories from Denver, right? The idea is when people are sincere and when people are making dua, it could be 2024, it could be yani, in the midst of fitna, it could be in the middle of nowhere, you could be surrounded by only non-Muslims, you could be the only 17-year-old Muslim man. Look, at both of these kids, they have no parents with them here. They have no parents with them. They're 100% alone. But when Allah has inayah and special care with someone, look at the jazbah, look at the desire in the heart. This is baffling me of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, honestly, He takes care of His awliya and His friends. And He places the jazbah and the desire of deen in their heart. And how, alhamdulillah, Allah allowed our representative from Darussalam, one of our asatiyah, to be present. When I travel to these cities and all over the country, I always, when I enter a masjid, I'm thinking, who's the guy who invited me here? I know it's not the president. I know it's not the imam. There's someone sitting in that crowd through whose talab and desire Allah brings us to speak there. All the time. And you wonder, ah, not these 200 people. No, that one guy sitting in the back who's crying. Or one person sitting in the front who's, who's just taking notes. Whatever the case may be, it's their fikr, their concern that actually paves the path for us to arrive wherever we arrive. This is the system of Allah's hidayah. He'll bring whoever He wants. And I want to share with you these stories, these stories to give you the understanding, the power of dua. The power of Allah's help when He was with you, the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's tarbiyah, and also how we should all be grateful and thankful to this institution that we are all part of. Alhamdulillah, that it is made up, that it is it's a sanctuary for, for not only men and women, but children, and such two refugees, or one not a refugee, but rather alone still from his parents. Alhamdulillah, how this place is attracting such people from across the country. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow His special mercy to continuously descend upon this institution and this masjid, madrasa, and all the staff, the students, the volunteers, the musallis, the donors, the patrons, the well-wishers across the globe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this a markaz of hidayah for millions and millions of people across the globe. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow the nur from here to penetrate into every one of our homes, into the hearts of each of our children, our siblings, of our spouses, and ourselves. And whatever... Uh, uh, difficulties this institution may be going through, whatever battle it may be fighting, the unseen or seen, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant it victory. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow millions of angels to stand in protection 
the way he assisted these, these Sahaba in Badr. May Allah subhanahu wa allow those angels to also stand in protection of everyone who's connected to this institution and this institution protected from hasad and evil eye and shaitanic uh, you know, attempts to destroy it. And, uh, and I invite all of you also, of course, at this moment to, to join us on Saturday. Uh, inshallah, this coming Saturday is our dinner, um, uh, December 9th, 5 o'clock, inshallah, 5.45 is <clears throat> Salatul Isha. And the dinner, inshallah, will begin. The program will begin. This year is very unique. We will be speaking about, inshallah, we'll have two panels, and we'll have panels of brothers and, uh, brothers and sisters separately, of course, on their individual sides. We'll be sharing the impact Darul Salam had had on their lives and the impact now they're having in their communities. You're going to hear from graduates of our one year program and seven year program. Some of them are flying in from out of state to share what work they are doing in their various states after graduating from Darul Salam. So it's an opportunity from all those who live in Chicago and live, abroad, uh, live outside as well to hear the impact that this institution has had and your donations, your dua, and your participation has had. If you're not able to make it in person um, because you're out of state or you didn't purchase your ticket or whatever the case may be, everything as usual will be live streamed. So I, I request you to please block off Saturday, 6 p.m. onwards on your calendar and listen with your family live stream, listen to the programs, and also participate in our fundraising that's going to be taking place in our once a year only uh, fundraiser that happens outside of Darul Salam. This year we'll be raising funds, inshallah, for the new parking lot, uh, the adjacent lots that have been purchased. We are trying to, inshallah, triple the capacity of the parking lot, right, to bring it, inshallah, close to 1,200 spots from 420 or so spots. And adding a lot more entrances and exits, making the entry and exit ways much smoother. They're adding huge sidewalks for people not having to walk through the snow. For our women, new sidewalks are going to be, new routes are going to be created for our sisters to walk peacefully, nicely with their strollers. Lots of huge improvements are going to be done to this entire, um, uh, you know, area. And that's what we're raising funds for, inshallah, to please join us virtually or on site, inshallah. Additionally, if you have a business, and if you're listening online or listening here, if you have a business, we are trying to offset our cost. We have huge costs for this event. I request you, inshallah, to please um, to become a sponsor. And inshallah, um, uh, you know, I, re- I request you, inshallah, to, to reach, uh, reach out to me or reach out to any of our uh, uh, brothers here and become a sponsor. One thing we're going to do different this year is we're going to, we are going to, inshallah, run the ads the entire year. We're going to be constantly pushing for all the masjid supporting businesses through WhatsApp, through our website, and through Facebook, etc. We're going to constantly be running the ads uh, from time to time throughout the entire year. So this is where you'll get good exposure to your business, whether it's an online business or an on-site business. Reach out to us, please. We're looking to offset our cost, and this is a great way of sadaqah and showing your support to the masjid. Alhamdulillah, I just heard. He said, the one student you just mentioned after tafsir, if they join DS, inshallah, I would like to take their financial responsibility anonymously. Takbir. 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 This is amazing, right? Subhanallah. This is, this is what Darul Salaam is so... Uh, we're blessed to have such people like this with us. Additionally, this is the winter schedule. If you have not already seen and you haven't already taken a flyer, please take a flyer. December 23rd to 25th, amazing group of topics we're speaking. Dear youth, college students, please listen attentively. Join here in person. United Eid, uh, challenges and solutions. Halal consumption, Zabiha versus Halal. Uh, Zabiha certification. Um, uh, Islam in the workplace. Medicine is a case study. Sharia compliant earning, financing, investing. Uh, riba in, in, in Darul Harb, Halal or Haram. Um, navigating uh, Bid'ah versus Sunnah, navigating innovations, um, Muslim encounters with European modernity, spousal support and child custody. So these are, inshallah, amazing programs 
They're happening on December 23rd to 25th. Additionally, if you have a young ch- if you have youngsters and babysitting, alhamdulillah, that is also um, that is also uh, provided over here. So bring your entire family. Those who are listening online, bring your entire family. Those who are listening here on site, book your 23rd to 25th, inshallah. If you do not receive updates to all the programs, I see some new faces here. So please take a picture of this, inshallah. So you receive all the updates to all our programs and links to all our programs, inshallah. Um, how do I find a pious spouse? Seems like everywhere I look, everyone is liberal and doesn't want to hold the traditional value. You have a thumbs up to that. That means there's seven other people who agree with you that they want to find their traditional spouse. Now, I don't know if they're the same gender or opposite gender, but regardless, there's, there's people looking like that, right? So, uh, um, so inshallah, you will find it. Honestly, you just, you just have to look in the right places. is a dua we'll be covering soon. I thought I was going to speak about it today, but I guess not. Inshallah, that's going to come next week. I'm going to speak about haya. Please come through next week, inshallah. Beautiful discussion. So you have to look for it in the places where the traditional value people are. I think Dar Salaam is a great place to look. You come here every single day. If you have a sister here who comes to the tafsir, she can look for look meet other sisters in all the programs. You have a brother here who comes to the tafsir, look out for you, inshallah, in the other programs. You have the seminary students here, alhamdulillah. That's great. We, in a halal manner, you meet and mingle. Halal manner, not amongst the genders, of course. I'm saying your sibling, your khala, your aunt, your uncle, your father, your mother, and so forth. Um, and lots of dua, and don't give up, don't give up. Continuous dua is, is inshallah, um, you know, we'll, we'll take care of it. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. Um, if it gives you any hope <laughs> I'll tell you It took me some years To get married Honestly I tell this to you I don't want to tell you How many years But it took time It took a long time So uh, eventually You will find someone It might take you three months It might take you three years It might take you longer But You will find someone And it's worth the wait Just wait and find the right person What um, uh, Significance of the hairdresser And her children bones Being buried in one bag Allahu alam, I think she might have just been wanting to be raised up together with her children, innocent children on the Day of Judgment. That could possibly be one reason. Um, <laughs> I don't know if these are real questions or, or fake questions. I don't know. Um, uh, are phrases in Urdu like Allah Mia disrespectful? No, this is, a, this is um, Hazrat Wala and Allah Hazrat or, Hazrat or other things of that sort. This is a muhawara. This is a this is a figure of speech, you know, so uh, that's fine in Urdu. Mm. Is it okay to approach a girl in college who I think would make a good wife? My parents haven't been successful in finding someone as they don't have many connections. That's a legitimate question. Well, in that case, a person should find out who, who through mutual friends, who this individual is, and instead of us randomly approaching them, which will be termed as stalking her, we should have a proper channel. Have our parents reach out to her, have her friend reach, have our sister reach out to her sister or herself, Figure out a way. You, f- you identified someone that you like, but please, I hope it's not just on the looks. Someone just said, I, found, I fell in love with someone on TikTok. Okay, that's just like, that's why I was laughing. Like, seriously? I mean, on what basis are you going to fall in love with someone who's on TikTok? You, love, you fell in love with a filter. Say that. You didn't fall in love with her. Right? So, this is the reality. It's all fake out there. Um, I don't know, where did all the marriages come to? Did I, I didn't speak about marriage. Did I speak about marriage today? Huh? Did I? All the questions about marriage. Okay. The last two weeks. Huh? Lazarus, subhanAllah. What is, the, what is the line between keeping our iman like the hairdresser and being smart and not putting ourselves in harm's way? Okay, so, uh, you know, there is, there is an, um, there is an azima and there's a rukhsa. 
permission, rukhsa, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you, Allah says in the Quran, إِلَّا مَنْ أُكْرِيَ وَقَلْبُ مُطْبَ إِنُّمِ الْإِيمَانِ The one who has been forced to forsake his iman, he's allowed to give up his iman as long as the heart is connected with iman. He's allowed to say a statement of kufr. That's rukhsa, ijazah, permission. Azima, the higher route is a person says, I'll take martyrdom. So what she's done is obviously taken martyrdom. But if a person were to say, no, fine, I will keep my iman undercover, that is permissible. How do you split the zakat with giving to poor in madrasa? You know, the thing is, a person can give sadaqah to the madrasa, and if you're giving zakat to the madrasa, then your intention is to give it to students like I just mentioned. Right? Students like that. There's thousands of students across the globe who want to study the deen, but they don't have the means to it. So when you give to a madrasa as well, your intention is not to give to the rich. Your intention is to give towards the needs of uh, poor individuals. How can one grow as a believer in a world where material reigns high? Well, one of the ways to do that is... Uh, attending gatherings like this, doing a lot of dhikr of Allah, reading the stories of Sahaba that are inspiring of Iman, reading the signs of Iman that are mentioned. There are four things I'll tell you. How to increase Iman, the ulama say. Re, uh, re, uh, reading and hearing about the stories of Allah's help with the prophets, reading and hearing the stories of Allah help the Sahaba, reading and hearing the, s- the stories of signs of Iman mentioned in the Quran, signs of, men- of Quran mentioned in the Hadith, and lastly, speaking about the greatness of Allah and listening about the greatness of Allah. Those are four ways to, inshallah, help uh, increase our iman. Um, how to deal with parents that discourage going to masjid for all fard salah and discourage from seeking knowledge? My parents may not be yet on that level of iman, right? So what we need to do, we need to make dua for them. We need to try to bring them to the masjid ourselves. And we need to not be, agitate them further. Figure out, like, you know, take it bit by bit, say, okay, well, I'm going to go once a day. I'm going to study part-time. I'm going to study online. Slowly, inshallah, with your dua, and when they start seeing changes in you as you come to the masjid, see, start seeing changes in you as you become a student of knowledge, they will become more, inshallah, willing to send you to open up for uh, yani more, uh, uh, what you call? Allow you to go study more, inshallah. Is it okay to curse the oppressors and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to give them iman? Yani, the idea is that um, we, a person, sh- there, are, there are definitely instances where Rasulullah saw some cursed in those people who killed his sahaba. There have been instances where he, he cursed them in the, in the, in the qunut nazila, in the, in the salah. Um, but uh, Nabi alayhi salatu salam overall was harmed more than anyone else, and his sahaba were harmed more than anyone else. But he continues to strive to, for them to get iman. So, a person should say like this Ya Allah, if Iman is not meant for X, Y, and Z Then Ya Allah, remove them And if Iman is meant for them Then Ya Allah, give Hidayah quickly uh, is, 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 uh, It keeps on a person saying Marrying a Shia Is that permissible? Well, the Shia There are so many different types of Shia But there are many The general Ithna Ashari Shia we're not talking about the Bodhis, we're not talking about the Ismailis, al Khanis. They are, they are absolutely, within the Shia community also, they are absolutely on the fringe. But the general Ithna Ashari Shia as well, they have beliefs that will go completely contrary to Ahlul Sunnah's belief in terms of the Qur'an being complete, in terms of the status of the Sahaba, in terms of the status of the wives of the Prophet and many other, in terms of the status of Imams, of the, right, the, the power that they wield, etc. So due to these things, 
Unless a person is a secular Shia and has no idea what a Shia is and just cultural Shia and they can be inshallah converted to um, you know, proper Sunni Islam, then that's fine. They need to then properly. But otherwise, a person should refrain from that. Alhamdulillah, there are many, many Sunni, uh, amazing men and women out there who are looking to get married as well. How do I get rid of grudges? Um, and if someone has hurt me, uh, this is one of the du'as that we should be making. Just ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, force yourself to recite Qul Allahu three times or um, recite Quran or give sadaqah and make niyyah that the reward of this goes to the person who you hate. Right? This will inshallah also break your nafs big time. Make dua for them. Speak about them good. Speak good about them in, in public. If you are, if you're hurt, I mean, you might be hurt. I'm sorry, but you know, that, that's fine. Feeling hurt is not a problem. But uh, if you want to get rid of the grudge and the hatred, that's the way to do that. All right, subhanAllah, we have a lot more questions, but I think we've gone way over our time. So, Jazakallah khairah, we'll continue to answer next week. Please come through next week as well. Um, and we'll do a few minutes of dhikr, inshallah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله 
محمد الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم انت السلام انك السلام المبارك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا احد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكن من الخاسرين اللهم يا حنان يا منان يا بديع السماوات والارض يا ذا الجلال والاكرام والعزه التي لا ترام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنه للقوم الظالمين ونجنا برحمتك من قوم الكافرين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاه تنجينا بها من جميع الاحوال وتغضيلنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة بعد الممات إنك على كل شيء قدير Oh Allah, we ask you Allah's forgiveness. Oh Allah, we ask you forgiveness from what we know we are committing and what we don't know we are committing. Oh Allah, forgive us for our past and our present sins. Oh Allah, forgive us for our major and minor mistakes. Oh Allah, forgive us from any and all actions, sins that we have committed from any part of our body. Ya Allah, we ask you to protect us from hypocrisy. Protect us from hypocrisy. Protect us from any and all forms of disbelief. Protect us from any and all forms of insincerity. Oh Allah, fill our hearts with iman. Oh Allah, bring, bring haya to our eyes and our ears and our minds and our hearts and our hands and our feet. Bring taqwa to every limb of our body. Bring haya to every limb of our body. Bring sunnah to every limb of our body. O oh Allah, bring sunnah into our homes. O oh Allah, bring sunnah into our lives. O oh Allah, we ask you to allow us to love that which you want us to love and hate that which you want us to dislike. O oh Allah, we ask you to unite us and unite the Muslim Ummah. O oh Allah, unite us and unite the Muslim Ummah. Join our hearts together. Join our hearts together in the truth. O oh Allah, allow for all of us to see the truth as the truth and enable us to follow it. Allow all of us to see falsehood as falsehood and enable us to stay away from it. Ya Allah, grant every single one of us the ability to work and strengthen our relationship with you. O oh Allah, grant every one of us a special ma'iyah and a special relationship with you. O oh Allah, Grant us sabr, grant us taqwa, make us worthy of your friendship, make us worthy of your help, make us worthy of your friendship, make us worthy of your help. O oh Allah, we ask you to descend your special help upon the Muslim Ummah. O oh Allah, especially our brothers and sisters in Palestine and across the entire globe. O oh Allah, and, and us and all those brothers and sisters who are living a life of peace and comfort but are turning their backs towards the deen. Ya Allah, guide them back, guide them back, guide them back. O oh Allah, bring an awakening within the Ummah, bring an awakening within the Ummah, bring an awakening within the Ummah. O oh Allah, allow us to truly be worried about our deen, allow us to be truly worried about deen. O oh Allah, protect us from falling into hypocrisy and protect us all from the evil of hypocrites protect us all from the evil of hypocrites protect us all from the evil of hypocrites oh Allah we ask you Allah to save us from ever Ya Allah being entangled with the hypocrites Ya Allah oh Allah we ask you Allah, grant all of us Ya Allah the ability to be protected from the evil of our tongue the evil of our eyes the evil of our hands and our feet and in the evil of every limb of our body oh Allah we ask you to grant us tongues that are moist in remembrance hearts that beat with your love oh Allah eyes that well up with tears out of your love and fear oh Allah grant us such love that will inspire us to do great work grant us such fear that will 
make, become a barrier between us and your disobedience. Oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, to grant us the ability to control our nafs. Allow us to control our nafs. Allow us to subdue our nafs. Allow us to subdue our nafs, ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you to grant us the ability to honor, respect, care, and love our parents. Allow us to serve our Jannah by serving them. Allow us to, serve our jannah, allow us to earn our Jannah by serving them. Oh Allah, those who've lost their parents, allow us to them to continuously, continuously remember them every single day in their dhikr, in their dua, and in their sadaqah, ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, to grant muhabba and love between all the husbands and wives, between the parents and the children. Oh Allah, make the homes, every one of our homes harmonious. Make our homes harmonious. Make our homes harmonious. Oh Allah, those who are looking for a righteous, pious wife or husband, oh Allah, open up the doors of, of, your, of, of your treasures and provide every single young man or woman, ya Allah, an amazing, absolutely matching, loving, caring, traditional husband and wife, ya Allah. Oh Allah, that will bring khair and barakah to their home. All those who are suffering in their marriages, remove their difficulties, remove the effect of shaitan and nafs from their marriages. Oh Allah, bring muhabba and love between them. Oh Allah, those who are previously married and looking to get married, enable for them as well to get married, Ya Allah. Enable for them to get married. Enable for them to get married as well, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, whoever is asking us for dua, requesting us for dua, oh Allah, those who are suffering, Ya Allah, um, cancer or any other other disease Ya Allah and from our community from our relatives and beyond grant them all shifa grant them all shifa make their sickness a means of their forgiveness make their sickness a means of their status being elevated Oh Allah whoever is coming here for tafsir whatever issues they're going through spiritual, emotional, physical, mental or whoever is listening online whatever difficulties they're going through you are well aware of their difficulties Ya Allah through the barakah of their sacrifice Ya Allah remove their difficulties from their life make every one of us from amongst those whose duas are readily accepted and those who are inspired to make lots and lots of dua Oh Allah we ask you to accept this gathering of tafsir. Allah in this halaqa, Allah allow this halaqa to grow and allow it to be consistent. Allah whoever comes, Ya Allah, enable him to continue to come. Enable her to continue to come. Ya Allah, save us from coming once and not being able to come back again. Allah, save our group, Ya Allah, from shrinking from pe- and or changing every single week. Allah, allow those who come to be continuously coming, Ya Allah, and allow our numbers to grow and allow our quality to grow and allow whatever we hear to put into practice and share with others, Ya Allah. Allah, allow a revival of the globe across the globe to begin from this halaqa, Ya Allah. Allah, allow, allow this halaqa to become a source of revival across the globe, Ya Allah. A revival of deen and iman and sunnah across the globe, Ya Allah. Allah, our upcoming dinner, make it an amazing success, Ya Allah. Make it accepted in your court. Allow it to be a means of attracting your mercy and the mercy of, and the presence of thousands and thousands of angels, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, besides reaching our goals, our financial goals, Allah, allow it to create an awareness of ilm and a desire for ilm within the attendees and beyond. Allow them to be inspired to send their sons and daughters to study the deen, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask you to allow the institutions of knowledge, wherever they may be, to be protected. And allow all of us to be able to Dedicate some time to studying ilmi Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you to protect this event and all other aspects of this institution from any evil eye, from evil effects of shaitan and nafsi Allah, from the plotting of those who plot, from the evil doers, Ya Allah, plotting. Oh Allah, from the evil, from the evil effects of our own misdeeds and sins, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, grant all of us, Ya Allah, such friends and such group of people who constantly make dua for one another, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, grant us the ability to have such people who pray for us, Ya Allah, and we pray for them, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, whatever khair and good the Prophet asked you of, grant us that good. Whatever evil the Prophet sought refuge in you from, grant us refuge from that. Oh Allah, grant victory, Ya Allah, to all the brothers and sisters across the globe who are going through oppression. Oh Allah, grant them victory in this world and the next, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, grant them safety, Ya Allah. Grant them safety, grant them safety, grant them hope, grant them hope, grant them, ya, grant them more than what they're asking. Oh Allah, allow their du'as to be not only accepted on their behalf, but allow those sincere du'as to be accepted on behalf of the entire ummah that is not going through that difficulty, Ya Allah. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun al mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.